Welcome to the latest from Aberdeen Closed End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on Australian equity with a manager of the Aberdeen Australia Equity Fund, ticker IAF, Camille Simeon. Welcome, Camille. Hey, Dan. Thanks for joining from Sydney. And good evening from Boston. Uh, if you could just start with an economic update on Australia as a whole. Yeah, sure. The Australian economy is actually at this stage looking a lot like other advanced economies, but with a lag. And there is one really important key differentiator, which speaks to the outlook around our resource base, where the drivers of demand are you know, somewhat divergent and could provide support amid recessionary forces in the U.S., and uh, and the EU and UK. So where we are today, Australia is actually in a very strong position. We've got unemployment at 3.4%, which is actually a 48-year low, which is incredible. Business conditions and confidence remain strong. Forward orders, domestic demand growth all remain elevated. But we are also experiencing those same inflationary drivers as other economies. So inflation has risen to over 6% and the drivers are broad-based. Our reserve bank, our central bank, is expecting inflation to peak at around 8% later this year before returning to the target band in late 2024. So like a lot of other central banks globally, they've aggressively been lifting rates from just 10 basis points a few months ago to 1.85% today. And expectations are that the cash rate will reach around 3% later this year. Now, the effect of those rate rises are only just starting to be felt. So while the high rates have had a clear impact on house prices, which have come off, and new home lending, we aren't seeing that impact in other areas yet, like retail sales or the labour market. And we actually had some really strong retail sales data just this month, outstripping inflation, demand remaining strong, well ahead of consensus expectations. And that's really interesting because consumer sentiment is actually at recessionary levels. And the reason we think that is happening is because, like a lot of other countries globally, uh, the Australian household has built up a very large household savings buffer. And so they're likely drawing down on that. Plus, mortgage payments, um, you know, the increase from interest rates will have a lag effect. We've got quite a large portion that are fixed over one to two years. So those higher rates are not really going to be felt um, economically, potentially until later this year. So in terms of growth, growth, we are expecting it to slow from around, um, you know, over 3% this year to sub 2% next year. Um, and just in terms of, you know, we are expecting our base cases of recession in the U.S., um, which leads to a global recession, including Australia. Um, and that's because, you know, it's very difficult for a central bank to land a soft landing with such aggressive interest rate rises in the face of inflation. But it's not difficult for Australia to avoid a recession. Uh, it's not impossible, I should say, because of China and our resources base plus the benefits from immigration, which we're expecting to um, start to come through later this year. And Camille, you talked about resources, natural resources in particular. Can you talk a little bit about how that's a key differentiator in the Australian economy versus other economies in the region? 
Yes, thanks, Dan. That's that's a really good point to pull out because um, Australia does. We are endowed very luckily with a with a great natural resource base, and China is the world's largest consumer of commodities, and specifically for iron ore, around seventy five percent of the seaboard market and around fifty percent of demand for base metals. Now that's important for Australia and our market. Because at the moment, China has been and is still under a COVID zero policy. They've got lockdowns and this is weighing heavily on economic activity. GDP growth has fallen from around 6% um, to around 3% and there's potentially downside risk to that. And the property sector, which is a large consumer of commodities, is seeing even sharper declines. The new sales there are off 30%. So at the moment, the world's biggest consumer of commodities um, has very soft economic activity and the demand impetus is just not there. But the Chinese government has been providing stimulus to try to support the market. Little traction to date beyond infrastructure and autos because of the lockdowns. Um, but the intent is to roll out easing measures to boost the economy. So when eventually the COVID zero policy lockdowns start to ease, we do expect that this stimulus will take effect at some point and lead to an improvement in economic activity. Now, we're not expecting big bang economic activity, but we do expect it to improve, and that's important for demand for commodities, where Australia is a big exporter of commodities and into China. Now, the other point around the resources and the natural endowment and importance of to Australian economically of that is the decarbonisation megastructural trend where the call on resources is greater and that's going to play out over decades. Um, you know, an EV car has six times the metals of a, um, of a petrol or a diesel vehicle. So pulling all of that together, you know, we do see that, um, you know, Chinese growth can diverge potentially from other markets as we look later into the year and into next year and potentially provide that demand stability for resources, uh, which is important for miners, which we do hold a number of them um, in our fund. And Camille, you talked about sentiment and particularly what companies are experiencing in the current environment. What is the mood you're experiencing right now when you're interviewing and talking to management across the region? And what are they saying? Yeah, thanks, Dan. So it's actually a, a really good point to be asking that question because we have just come out of our financial reporting season where we've had a lot of updates and a lot of fresh insights from corporates. So the overall mood of management at this point in time um, is really a sense of caution and caution because of the uncertainty in the outlook. Um, because as I've mentioned, you know, conditions are fairly robust today. Earnings typically came in better than expected and balance sheets are in very good shape. But some of the um, trends that we've pulled from our reporting season and our conversations with management teams is that, you know, the consumer is trading down but generally is in good shape. So the question being is asked is when does that change? Uh, incumbents are passing costs through. They're able to pass costs through. Um, though we are seeing inventory build. So the question is, will that need clearing, um, a headwind for corporates potentially in those sectors, but good for the consumer if, um, you know, they do need to clear it at lower prices. So potentially the peak in margins for discretionary retail, 
But for the supermarkets, you know, there's a lot of legacy COVID costs that do need to come out, which is a, a tailwind. In construction, um, you know, costs are high, but we're actually seeing the early signs of supply chains easing, and so that's becoming less of a headwind. Uh, for the household, um, you know, the banks are saying that asset quality remains very strong, but they are cautious because house prices, you know, they have fallen and are expected to fall by, you know, 15 to 20% by the end of 2023. And then in terms of the resources and the mining companies, management teams are cautious as well because of the outlook, despite very strong cash flow generation, you know, balance sheets are in very good shape, but growth is back on the agenda. CapEx profiles are rising. Costs are still elevated and rising because of inflation. So the general mood is really caution. But as it stands today, you know, they're in relatively good shape facing into that. We were speaking with our global equities managers across the globe this week on other podcasts, Camille, and I'm just curious, with such a high cash balance across the board, what does this mean for dividends in particular for Australian equities? Absolutely. It is it's also an interesting question. So, um, you know, the current dividend yield in the Australian market is 4.5%, which is one of the highest in developed markets. Um, and our view is that that is sustainable because our largest dividend-paying sectors are the banks and the miners. Um, you know, earnings are resilient, which I've just spoken to, as our balance sheets, the banks are well capitalised. And so our expectation is, is that they can continue to return capital to shareholders at attractive levels because of commodity prices. The energy companies are also, you know, given where oil and LNG prices are, they're also trading on very attractive dividend yields in the mid to high single digits. Um, so overall, you know, four and a half percent. And our view is that that is, you know, sustainable, at least in the short term. And Camille, uh, change gears for a quick moment. IAF, the Australian Equity Fund, is a closed-end fund vehicle. I was wondering if you could expand a little bit about how the closed-end fund vehicle itself is participant to managing a portfolio like Australian equities. Sure. So a closed-end vehicle means that we don't get cash inflows or outflows on a you know regular daily basis. So the fund size is stable. And what that means is that we can position the fund without having to balance against those fund flows. So we can maintain fairly low cash amounts as we're not exposed to daily cash flow movements either. So we can position the fund without um, experiencing the risk of having to, you know, do trading around that. So it's, it's really, um, you know, it's quite an ideal structure for a fund manager in terms of managing a fund and positioning it for, um, you know, to, to generate alpha. Camille, thank you so much for those insights today. And thank you in particular to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the Australian Equity Fund at www.abrdniaf.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen. Do look out for future episodes. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets.
It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections or estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.